Hey JP, hey, so thanks so for joining me on the Founders, Founders Prediction Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to have a chance to chat with you. Well, well, we see each other every day, so <laughs> we have plenty of opportunity to chat. But um, no, not in this public forum, so that's nice. So, you know, I'm intrigued because you transformed this space when you joined, when Impact Hub joined this space. You know, we were here before you, and uh, it was just a bunch of desks and a bunch of people hunched over computers. And now it's a lot more people hunched over computers. <laughs> and But we're joined with lots of plants. We have plants everywhere. And the space has been transformed, as I said. Um, it looks much nicer. It feels completely different. Um, so with that being said, tell me a little bit about um, not how you transformed the space to start with, but um, how you got started. Like, where did you, where did you grow up? Um, what did you do before you started Impact Hub? You know, what's your background? Sure. So I uh, grew up just outside of New York City in New Jersey, and uh, in the '90s, if you remember those days, it seemed quite far away at this point. Yes. Um, very different era, so to speak. But um, as a young person, I uh, felt like I was really looking for a purpose um, in my life. And um, as a teenager, decided I want to um, contribute um, uh, to cases uh, like uh, solving social challenges. And so I am. Um, Became interested in uh, humanitarian work and diplomacy, and uh, essentially at eighteen and went outside the U.S. for fourteen years, um, learning, working, volunteering, interning, picking up, and starting and contributing to people's projects um, in Sub-Saharan Africa, East Asia. Western Europe. Mm. So ho hold on, let me stop you there. So you left at the US at 18. I wasn't aware of this. So this is some like a big gap. Because I know what you're doing now. And I know you've been you've done a a master's somewhere, right? You have a master's degree? Or did I get that wrong? Uh, yeah, I have uh but from where? Singapore uh, Singapore, right? So I have three master's degrees. Yeah. Really? Actually. Wow. Um, go, go go on. Where are they from? Uh master's in public policy. Um, from the National University of Singapore um, with an economic policy focus. Um, a master's in uh, conflict resolution and civil society development and international affairs from the American University of Paris. Um, and a master's of um, sociology and economics from Paris French University, uh, also in France. Okay. That's great. Wow. Okay. So, uh... Tell me a bit more about the gaps between leaving New Jersey at 18 and, and uh, starting Impact Hub here in New York. Sure. So um, as I mentioned, originally I was very interested in humanitarian work and diplomacy and had the chance to um, really explore that from many angles, and including um, I, I actually did a short stint even at the UN um, as an advisor to the ambassador of the Republic of Nauru, small Pacific Island country. 
Um, but after the financial crisis, it became clear that um, entrepreneurship could be a very good vehicle for sustained, lasting change and impact. Mm. And I became very interested in, in that angle as a as a means to, um, to also contribute. Mm. And a friend of mine had started an educational initiative in West Africa. And um, I... Uh, Can I hold you there for a second? So let's start off. Wait, wait, wait. Where were you before I interrupted you? You were you were representing Nauru at the United Nations. Then the financial crisis hit, made you realize, and I want to ask more about this, that entrepreneurship was a vehicle to achieve change. And then carry on from there. Sure. So um, I went from there to do a crash course in entrepreneurship at Stanford for graduate students. And so uh, essentially it was like... Uh, it was maybe like a month and a half long program that was intensive going through the various um, the various um, elements of startups and how startups are made. And I was looking, I was in the social entrepreneurship group because my focus was to um, use entrepreneurship as a vehicle for change, for social change. And um, a friend of mine was starting an educational initiative in Ghana, and I was, you know, very passionate about Sub-Saharan Africa from previous um, work that I had done. I had uh, taken up uh, an internship at the World Food Program um, in Niger as a university student communicating um, the decentralization process that is happening in that country to with the tribal chiefs with the group of students. I um, worked on documentary projects related to social challenges in East Africa and Southern Africa and you know just became uh was very interested in uh supporting this educational initiative that's focused on entrepreneurship. And uh essentially we had um, people who were clustering um, around this educational initiative and started their companies that were impactful and they didn't have really a place to work and they didn't have a um, basis like a, a supportive network for building their businesses that was equal to what their needs were. And so a group of us came together to start having gone and that's how I became uh, you know, involved, so to speak, in this um, hub concept. Um, so what, was, what year was this? Uh, it was 2012, 2013. Okay. And so this idea that um, we can support people's initiatives, people who have their own ideas and dreams, how they can change their own society, Yeah. Uh, to me was very attractive because, um, you know, it's not my goal in life to go anywhere and advise people what they should be doing, uh, how they should be living, how they should improve their lives. Um, but I do want to contribute. I do, you know, want to um, do what I can to be a part of those kinds of things. And so being able to um, support people on their own dreams, um, helping make those dreams come true. That for me is um, a beautiful, uh, a beautiful way to participate and so um 
And maybe too, you know, a lot of young people, as I was once young, uh, have so many ideas and things that they could do, and it's hard to, you know, pick one. And the idea of having these spaces that support many ideas is actually attractive in the sense that you get to know a little bit about many different things. Um, and uh, in that sense, you have um, a really rich experience also outside of an impactful um, line of work. And so, anyway, so can I pause you there for a sec? Did you apologize? I interrupted you. Carry on, please. Uh, uh, okay. So, so, so essentially, um, I knew that this was something that I wanted to do. Uh, that. Um, and so I dedicated to leaning in to um, be the founding CEO of our Hadley Dollar and uh, joined the Impact Hub Network, which is a global association of innovation hubs around the world. Um, and uh, have uh, been a part of it ever since. Okay, so let me pause you there because there's a little bit of time. First thing is, um, you founded the Accra Impact Hub. Yeah. Okay. So you founded. Okay. So you founded the one in Ghana, but it already co-founded it. But you were already, you were already, or the network already existed. Yes, that's correct. So how many? How many were? How many impact hubs were there when you started Accra? Sure. So first, it's important to note that each hub is independent. They're an association and collection of innovation centers. They're all independent. Collectively, we. Uh, work together to um, advance the SDGs. Um, but I think at that time, maybe there were 45 or maybe maybe less funds around the world. Okay, so you were by no means the first. Were, no, no. 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 And did you say ESG as the... Uh, no. What S- did you say? SGGs. SGG. What is SGG? Uh, the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals. Oh, okay. Okay. 2030, those ones? Yes. Okay, let me just move my computer for a minute so you can see some of them. Mm-hmm. So they're up there uh, along with the Christmas tree. Those are the goals that Impact Hub is aiming to support. Absolutely. You know, the goals are not perfectly um, embraceable because they help people to collaborate, mm. to explain what their impact is. There's an intersectionality among the goals that um, speak to the uh, complexity of the challenges that we face today. Okay. And so, um, and 192 nation states all signed up to them. And even though people regard them as the UN's goals, uh, they uh, came from people across the world that the UN just created. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so uh, I've lost my list of questions. Give me a second here. So, so you you're aiming to solve these these uh, goals set up by the UN, like an end to hunger. Um, what else is there? Uh, quality education, gender equality, clean water, uh, no poverty, reduced inequalities, sustainable cities and communities. Which one? Which ones are those? There's a bunch more. Which ones are those? Are, are you? And in what ways are you helping to to address those challenges? Sure. So there are many layers to the work that we do. And uh, we 
touch on the SDGs and various ways through our work. So, could you hold on one sec? Okay, so let me ask again. So, in what ways are you addressing these goals of the and challenges of the UN, of the, the UN curated? Sure. So, uh, the goals are very complex, and so is our work. Um, as you know, in Hatchad, our mandate is very broad. So we work with and support many different kinds of community members, that range from startups to stakeholders to nonprofits and so forth. And so when you look at the SDGs and how our work relates to it, um, our leading SDG is actually SDG number 17, which is partnerships for the bullies. Because partnerships for uh, partnerships for the goals. For the goals, okay. So one of the values that we have across our network and also here in New York is collaboration. And so most of everything we do, as you probably notice, you know, any event or program, we work with many other organizations. Um, and this sounds we build communities collectively. Yeah. Uh, and we also uh, provide value collectively. And so from that standpoint, um, a more cohesive ecosystem is a more efficient one, um, and an ecosystem where many different organizations and stakeholders are able to share, exchange. Um, this helps accelerate everyone's progress um, in ways that uh, we often hear about later that they met someone who really helped them, or they met someone who was able to uh, solve a problem for them, or connect them to someone, or you know, even you know, on the investment side, we've been able to find people to talk to that um, you know have been helpful for them on their path to achieving the investment that they need for their company or their organization. And so, that's point, you know, seven the seventeenth goal is uh, very essential for ours. Um, but then you could say that um, climate action, in particular, is a layer um, as a thirteenth SDG um, is a layer of the work that we're also um working to include in everything that we do, uh, noting and um, recognizing that the climate crisis is uh, perhaps the most um, urgent challenge of our time at the moment. <laughs> uh, hopefully, we won't have uh, too many competing major crises at once. Uh, but um, from that standpoint, uh, one of the goals that we have here is to begin to uh, lean deeper in all of our programs and activities and understanding how uh, we as a community can collectively understand and lean into um, decarbonizing as part of recognition that we all have a responsibility to play a part in the game up, whether no matter what industry we're in, no matter um, you know, whether it's personally or for our businesses, uh, to be able to do so. So, um, so those are, I think, our leading uh, goals. But then our work certainly touches many of these others. We've run a number of programs that have also touched on health and gender equality. And uh, many people from our community are certainly tackling you know, a, a variety of other SDGs, um, particularly um, sustainable cities and communities. And um, a lot of people's work is also related to reducing poverty. And so from this standpoint, um, we are very broad-based. And that's the beauty of Impact Hub. 
many um, organizations um, are highly uh, focused and that has a lot of value. But one of the things that I like about the work that we do is that, again, we get to work with so many different kinds of organizations and companies and really be uh, a place where all of these uh, groups can come together. So when you say help, do you mean facilitate or do you mean, well, I mean, the, that would be the only word I could think of, but you might have other ideas about what you mean by help. Sure. So certainly there's a range um, in the sense that it's, um, one of the things that we can do at the largest scale is just creation. Like again, like bringing people together in the same room uh, who are interested in discussing and advancing, um, you know, uh, impact towards a certain social challenge. Uh, but then, you know, we also dig in deeper with uh, those who approach us for assistance. And so, you know, sometimes people ask us, um, you know, who they can connect to uh for certain services for um support on their decks. Um and so we can review people's decks and their pitches and um sometimes uh, we spend significant time working with people on their strategies um for uh, fundraising or for developing products. And so when you when you again okay so you help them in many ways. Let's take the example of a deck, and, I, and then, then I'm going to zoom back out because I'm okay. really zooming in Perfect, here. Yeah. So somebody asks you to help you with their deck, help them with their deck. Do you leverage the network? Because there's only about three people here who help out, three or four people here who help out with Impact Hub. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking those people don't necessarily all have the skills to review, revise, and advise on a, on a, on a deck. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But do do you use Maybe the deck is not the best example, but do you use the network and pull people in from other impact hubs to help you do that stuff? Sure. So, um, uh, so actually, um, we do have a very robust network, right? So, in the sense of we have many advisors. If you check out our website, you see we have quite a long list of advisors, many of whom uh, also support. Um, you know, as their expertise allows. So, for example, one of our advisors, um, you know, I connected someone to uh, earlier today uh, who is um, looking for angel investors and, you know, wants a chance to get feedback uh, on her deck. Um, and so, um, from that standpoint, we have a whole community here that we leverage. Mm. Um, but then, you know, depending on where there may be other expertise required, then, of course, um, you know, our partners across the world can also be very helpful. Um, and we work very closely with um, the people in a number of clubs around the world, um, particularly in um, Sub-Saharan Africa and Western Europe and actually Southeast Asia at all. And Latin America, I guess, everywhere. Everywhere, yeah, really? Yeah, because we are a very close global community in that sense. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you you have the personal connection to Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, there's Is there anything in Asia? Is there Impact Hub in India? Uh, so right now, um, I believe there's a team beginning an Impact Hub in India. Which which city? Uh, I believe Delhi. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. But then, you know, there are Impact Hubs in uh, numerous cities in Southeast Asia. So you right. have Yangon, you have Phnom uh, Penh, you have Taipei, Shanghai, um, Jakarta, uh, Tokyo, Kyoto, Chongqing. 
Great. Um, and there are others as well. And, okay. And more on the way. So ultimately, I do, but... <laughs> okay, so you can go climbing, go see Impact Hub, and then go climbing. Okay, so um, ultimately, where would this take? I mean, I understand like the overall goals are to fulfill these 17 um, challenges that the UN has curated. But personally, where would this take you? So, so I don't mean to switch up on you, but but I'm just wondering where 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 this because you know you started this what six months ago here in New York. Uh, so technically, uh, we started this organization uh, yeah. in 2019. Yeah, and uh, that was right before the pandemic. Yeah, and so we haven't had a physical presence um, until recently. Right. So so where do you see this taking you? Like, you're gonna you know, fill this space up and then get a bigger office? What what, what are your goals? I mean, how are you, and how's it going to help, you know, how's it going to help you, Jacob? Sure. So, um, you know, the goal here has always been to um, be a bridge between the local and the global. Okay. In the sense that Impact Hub is the world's largest um, entrepreneurial community aligned with the planters' sustainable development goals. Right. And um, New York has uh, more organizations, startups, aspiring youth yeah. uh, than anywhere else, you know, in, in many ways. And when you take a look at the sheer amount of resources that are available here. And so, you know, the goal here is to really grow a flagship innovation center that um, involves to do something that's quite exciting and new in terms of being able to bridge these entrepreneurs who from across the world um, are interested in coming here because they urgently need the resources, networks, um, the things that the things that are uniquely uh, available in New York that are not anywhere else. Okay. And then local entrepreneurs here um, uniquely have global visions and ambitions for what they want to achieve and are connected themselves into so many communities across the world as well from their diasporas, from their passions, from the um, kinds of the kinds of challenges that they want to solve. Yeah. And so to marry those two together in a unique way that's a welcoming, interesting, inspirational environment. Um, I believe um, is the basis for something that can be quite unique and involved to be something that fits into the ecosystem differently than anything that I would prescribe um, or that anyone would expect. And so it's my goal in some sense to um, support an organic development of something that's quite new. All right. Okay. Thank you. So. In the 10 years you've been involved in Impact with Impact Hub in one way or another, from Accra to New Jersey to here, was there anywhere else? Did I miss anywhere? No, no, that's... that's okay, so, <laughs> so you've been involved in three different Impact Hubs, um, maybe more, but what lessons, what have you learned? Um, what would you do differently? And what would you, you know, what are your takeaways from that, from that? Uh, experience? Sure. So, 
like like many people who lean into the work. Um, there have been many lessons, some of them easier than others. Um, when I uh, started in Ghana, I thought after six months, everything would have taken off. And, uh, you know, the hard work would have been uh, behind me. But um, the lessons there, I think, were that, um, you know, you really have to lean in and, and dedicate yourself to um, doing the work if you want to see anything come out of it. And um, for me, uh, the uh, I was surprised uh, to find out in that process how um, how much I loved it. You know, I, I mean, I love the community there. And, um, you know, sometimes you, know, you want to, you're interested in something, you want to make a difference, but you don't expect that it's going to be the greatest thing that ever happened in their life to be a part of these things. And so that's uh, definitely 100% what happened in, in Donna. You know, and the hardest days, sometimes the hardest days in retrospect end up being the best days. And, can, can you uh, cite an example? Yes, we had, um, we, um, in the early days in, in Ghana, we uh, were organizing these hackathons and we had, um, we were working on a hackathon that ended up being at that time uh, the largest hackathon um, in Sub-Saharan Africa to that point. Um, that was around um, entrepreneurs uh, and aspiring entrepreneurs hacking solutions for design technology, education, and health. And uh, it was uh, really a challenge to organize. Was, you know, the first hackathon you know that I had ever you know organized, and they were working with um, a lot of partners to do that. And you know, every day was quite challenging as um, it became something bigger and bigger. Um, you know, and we had various, we are a bootstrapped organization. Everything was, you know, everything was a challenge to pull off. But, um, you know, when, when everything, when everything happens and everything's good and you look back, like, those are fun times. You know, all the yeah. late nights that we had all together as a community. And, and this is something that I think Ghana in particular taught me, uh, which is that, um, in Ghana, people understand community at such a stronger level than um, I think often uh, we do here and what community means and what caring about other people mean in our community context. Um, you know, it's just, um, it's inspirational watching how uh, people in Ghana care for each other and uh, keep up after each other and survive together, you know, through the start of life, which is very hard. Okay, that's great. Um, so this is the question we discussed earlier about investors. You told me that um, Impact Hub doesn't have investors per se because it's a nonprofit. But my question to you was, so where does the money come from and how do you scale up? Sure. So uh, first of all, we're a very bootstrapped organization. Uh, many people would... Um, would believe that to do something in New York um, or to do something anywhere like we're doing, that you need somehow millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. But um, when you are passion-led 
you find ways to get things done um, in ways that uh, you know, are quite mean. And uh, sometimes people really appreciate that anyway. So here, you know, we are, you know, financed in good part by our, funder, our founders. Um, and uh, and through you know, the work that we do that uh, creates generates revenue uh, within our mission. So for programs and events that um, we run that also, um, you know, pay us on membership fees, um, through our space and also chaos is uh those things all combined uh keep our doors open and uh you, <laughs> let me be rude are you cash positive at the moment or are you cash negative still well i mean i think we opened i think we opened here 12 weeks ago oh is it only 12 weeks so i okay. think it's uh it'll be a little soon under any um any model to be cash positive it feels longer than 12 weeks but okay yeah it does uh, it's been a very intense uh, period. Um, yeah. You know, it's our goal. You know, it's it's the first goal, first and foremost, to support the ecosystem. You know, so like, it's not, you know, we don't need to be cash positive immediately. Um, yeah. In the sense that um, if we're cash positive because we're making everything expensive for people to participate or... Um, to get you know, a part of, of uh, this community, then you know, this is not worth doing. Um, and so, from that standpoint, um, I think we're on a great trajectory actually so far. Um, but it will take some time, I think, to um, you know to be uh, you know truly uh, sustainable from an economic standpoint. Okay. So, how much runway have you given yourself? Like a year? Or? Uh, so I'm fully dedicated to doing this. So, <laughs> so come hell or high water. Yeah, well, you know. So actually, on that point, um, there's all this, um, all this grumbling. I feel often um, in social innovation ecosystems about sustainability, and you know, people uh, tend to believe that sustainability comes with, you know, either. Um, you know, recurring grants that are extremely large and city funding or state funding or, um, you know, having pretty tremendous amounts of revenue and these kinds of things. But in my experience and observations uh, over the last decade uh, is that actually sustainability is not about that from, from what I observe. Sustainability um, in organizations, from what I have observed, yeah. is are there dedicated funders who are going to make sure that something keeps going? Because there are highs and lows um, in any institution, any revenue model, um, you know, of any of these institutions. And uh, it is the show's over only when people say, I'm done. And so, from that standpoint, uh, we, we are probably one of the um, one of the more sustainable organizations because there's a level of dedication that uh, you know we're still going to be around. Yeah, no, I, I have to say dedication is one of the <laughs> words I would use to describe you. You're dedicated, very dedicated. You're here first thing in the morning. You're here last thing at night cleaning up. It's very admirable. The, your work ethic is amazing. And, uh, you know, I see, I see you you know, pulling away at whatever you need to do and just doing it with a smile on your face. And that's very admirable, I have to say, JP. Thanks. So uh, 
Well, the last question is, uh, do you have an exit strategy? Would you ever, you know, would you ever consider moving on doing something else? I mean, this is generally, so in most cases, I'm speaking to for-profit startups. Yours is a non-profit startup. So I don't know about the context of an exit strategy, but let me put it this way. What would you do next? Got it. So, um, you know, at the moment, I have no plans of <laughs> doing anything other than what I'm doing. Um, but I think, um, you know, at a certain point, um, I uh, I see there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of value in the kinds of work that I'm doing at the Hub. And um, I can see how um, there will be a point when it will be uh, the best thing to share those experiences with others, to also have that experience that I've been having. You know, I'm not new to the uh, Hub Arena, to speak, and I've been doing this kind of work for a long time. And um, I think at a certain point, um, it might make the most sense for me to think of a more strategic focus more within the organization and be less operational. Um, and I think at that point, um, I think there's a lot of value that I will be able to bring that's maybe speaks more to where I've developed my career and professional um, perspective at this point. Um, and so I, I don't um, I don't envision um, not being involved or exiting, so to speak. But uh, at a certain point, I do hope to be more strategic. Um, and less day-to-day. Less day-to-day. Right. Day day. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Day, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So listen, um, thank you so much for joining me on the Founders Predicament podcast. Oh. And um, yeah, I mean, do you have any questions for me? Or Yeah, I guess um, I might as well take the opportunity to ask yeah. a question, right? Uh, what do you um what do you find to be a trend from the people you've spoken to um so far as um you know now we're speeding through deeper into the post-pandemic world um are you is there anything about founders that you're finding surprising um in terms of how they're viewing their work and their trajectories and some people so some people have a bit little bit longer runway than they had pre-pandemic is what I'm finding. People are a bit more patient. Some people, some people are a bit more patient than they were. Because I think they realize that you know pandemic changed the perspective on everything. And so there's a there's a level of persistence and grittiness that wasn't there before. People just expected stuff to happen. And now they expect that less. Anyway, so we're out of time, I'm afraid. Right. <laughs> thanks, thanks, JP. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate sure. it. Okay.